Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Um, I feel like this story is the definition of I support women's rights, but more importantly, I support women's wrongs. Oh. So, um, you know, I feel like, like, it's not the best story, you know, like, like it's, it's still a murder, but <laughs> it was a long time ago, so I feel okay saying this. Okay. Um, but yeah, without further ado, let's get right into it. I'm Sonia. I'm Maddie. And welcome to Grimm. So today, I wanted to tell you the story of Wyoming's first serial killer. Like, even before it became a state, like, the territory of Wyoming had a serial killer. Wow. And I don't know what that says about Wyoming (laughs) as a place. But it says something. (laughs) For sure, yeah. (laughs) Um, For context, apparently the House passed the bill, like, the Wyoming statehood bill. Um, They passed the bill on March 27th. 1890 okay. and then president benjamin harrison signed it in like signed the bill making wyoming the 44th state so 1890 like that's a long time ago mm-hmm. and this story takes place in 1868 okay so like it's been a while well a little bit <laughs> yeah like a century and a, a century and some change you know mm-hmm. um but this story is about a woman called Polly Bartlett and the entire time I was researching I was just thinking about Jack Bartlett from Heartland um, Heartland. Heartland. Yeah. and um, it really threw me off a little bit I'm not gonna lie (laughs) but Polly Bartlett um, and she kind of not like in the time but after all the papers were published and the story broke she has become known as the murderess of Slaughterhouse Gulch um so she was said to be this 19th century murderer from the Wyoming Territory, because it wasn't a state, it was a territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even just, like, a murderer. Like, she didn't stop there. She is said to have been the first serial killer. So, like, she took it a step further. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do actually just want to say that we should all probably take this story with a grain of salt. Um, because it happened so long ago. It was, like, one of those things where... Like, there are sources, but, like, there's no confirmation, you know? Yeah. Like, I found the story in one of those databases of serial killers, and it has been repeated in several publications. Um, And I did actually link the original, like, there's a PDF of the original news article that broke the story in the 1900s, early 1900s. I've linked that in the description. Um, But, like, some historians such as Phil Roberts and John Lane, um, they kind of say that there's no proof that the story is true. And um, I'm not going to lie, those names mean nothing to me. (laughs) Um, But I figured, you know, might as well include them because in case someone listening is like in the historian circle and is like, whoa, those guys are really famous, like might as well listen to them. Or if they're like, oh, those guys are like total nut jobs. Like they don't believe a word they say. Maybe, maybe someone will be able to take something from <laughs> Phil Roberts and John Lane. Um, but and I can't. That, 
they don't think the story is true yeah they said there's no proof the story is true like yes there are newspaper articles and stuff like that but you know like in cases today where things happen there's like evidence and there's stuff like yeah like physical proof and stuff like that and all that all that we have going for us right now is this one newspaper article from the early 1900s yeah um so you know it's a fair statement like (laughs) how do we really know what happened in 1868 in the wyoming territory yeah Um, but you know sometimes this podcast isn't for the truth and that's okay um but yeah so basically like according to the stories polly bartlett and her father had a family lodge in south pass city wyoming and i will get into how they afforded this lodge in the first place because that is also crazy um but as you can probably guess by everything that i've said leading up to this point um she reportedly killed men who entered her family lodge. And the interesting thing is that I don't really know much about her other family, but her father was complicit in these crimes. And the records are also super murky here. Some, a lot of them say that his name is Jim, um, but there have been some sources that state that his name was John, which is similar to Jim, so I get it. Mm-hmm. And then there are a few that call him Stephen. Oh. So, <laughs> um, her father, Jim, John, or Stephen, was complicit in the... Yeah, you pick one. It's fine. <laughs> was complicit in these crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I mentioned, this occurred in 1868. And she killed a total of 22 men. Oh. And I think most people who say that the story is true say that like that's the actual number of people that she killed you know sometimes with serial killers it's like a oh here are the ones that we found Mm -hmm. but there could be more i think that these were like the total that she's killed okay the earliest actual account of the murder is this is what i mentioned the pdf that's linked um it was an article by dean w ballinger which was published in 1963 in a magazine called The Real West. Um, and it's a very detailed account. Like, it's it's quite long. I didn't have time to go through all of it, but it is very detailed, and it kind of tells the story. But I do get why some people are skeptical, because it kind of reads like a book. Mm. It's very much like setting the scene and, like, talking about the details, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, like, a factual, like, this is what happened, this, this is the evidence, like, here is, like, laid out you know like something that you'd expect for like a crime being detailed yeah um yeah so that's kind of like i get it you know there are two sides um but going off of the assumption that it is true let's talk mo because sometimes when you say oh woman murders men who enter a lodge like there are a lot of ways that you can murder someone mm-hmm. um but a <laughs> I say so many things on this podcast. (laughs) Um, But according to the articles that I read, Polly Bartlett would basically lure businessmen or other, like, wealthy men um, who would typically travel with valuables. So not, like, she wasn't just killing for for fun. She was killing for money. Okay. So, you know, if she thought that people had things like gold or, like, cash on them, she would invite them to the lodge. And this is 
the 1860s. This is like peak gold rush. So people are coming to make money and and some mm-hmm. people are coming because they have money and they're trying to make more. Mm-hmm. So it was like a good place for her to be to <laughs> kill these yeah. men um and take their cash. And she was a really great host. Like say what you want about her, she was a really great host. She would really take care of these men, you know, like give them meals, give them whiskey, make conversation. But the problem was she was a great host so people trusted her. She was a woman so people trusted her. And when she slipped a little bit of arsenic in these men's whiskey, mm. no one would really know what happened. Mm. And so then I I went down this little rabbit hole of researching arsenic and I'm very afraid that someone's going to look on my computer and be like, <sighs> what was happening there? But, you know, I keep on reading these like Tumblr posts on TikTok and stuff like that that are like, oh, like, is are they a murderer or are they just a writer? Yeah. Because, really. <laughs> um, you know, the search history of how long does it take arsenic to kill someone and how much arsenic is deadly is yeah. a little bit suspicious. <laughs> but I promise I was only doing it for research into how Polly Bartlett committed her crimes. <laughs> um, for this podcast. For no other reason but yeah, this yeah. podcast. Um, so arsenic is known to be this odorless and nearly tasteless poison that's found in kind of like a white powder form and that's why it was known for a very long time in the olden days it's like the poison of kings um because if you needed to get rid of a king you just slip a little bit of arsenic in their food Hmm. and nowadays arsenic poisoning is very much like accidental you know people working in in environments where there is arsenic around they're people who are most likely to suffer from arsenic poisoning it's not much of a oh i'm using this to kill someone mm-hmm. type of a deal um so putting arsenic in something like whiskey which is ex- quite strong in taste i feel like um, yeah, definitely and if you've already had a little bit to drink and you're making conversation with a very pretty lady and like it feels like a situation where you just wouldn't know what yeah. was slipped in there um And then I did find something really interesting. This is a little bit like chemistry-ish. It's not really, but um, I just wanted to know like how it works. Because, you know, people say all the time like, oh, poisoned by arsenic. Um, Mm -hmm. Apparently, so arsenic is very similar to phosphorus. Like chemically, they're very close to each other on the periodic table. So their composition is very similar. And... Phosphorus is necessary for life, but arsenic is deadly. So kind of like a why are they so different kind of a thing. But phosphorus is used in ATP. And that's like the main source of energy in a cell. So if you substitute arsenic for phosphorus in ATP, ATP can't function properly. And it basically, you know, stops ATP from doing its job. And then the the cells can't get any more energy and they die. And then that's what causes all sorts of complications in a body um, because the body just isn't getting energy anymore. Um, I mean, that's like a simplified explanation. I think the whole like actual scientific thing is very complicated, but I feel like that's pretty cool to know. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, Also, this is super unrelated, but apparently like susceptibility to arsenic poisoning varies per individual. Like some people can just tolerate a higher dose of arsenic than others. Which is what? also insane, because, like, what do you mean someone can tol- tolerate a higher dose? Like, yeah. 
is their ATP just stronger than someone else's ATP? Like, what's going on there? Anyway, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> and it, was, it was proven in 2018, actually, which is really recent. Like, reporters, uh, it's reported that, like, people's genetic composition, like their genes, and then their diet and their gut microbes also affect. Oh, their diet. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wild. Um, so anyway, if you want to read more about that, feel free to um, basically the, the gist of it is arsenic um, ingested at a high enough dose is lethal within hours um, within 30 minutes people start to experience things like headaches and drowsiness and they may suffer from confusion or severe diarrhea um, so that was her poison of choice um, she would use arsenic as a poison rob the men for their belongings and then bury them on her property and this is this is 1868. Um, if anyone would ask about these men disappearing, and their last known location would be the lodge, basically she and her father would just say like, "Oh, they were taken by outlaws," which was a very plausible excuse. Yeah, crazy that. Yeah, that's all it took back in those yeah. days. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, sorry, they left the lodge. Must have been taken by outlaws." Um. Yeah, so that was kind of how they got away with it. Um, but interestingly, I mentioned this at the beginning, that I would talk about how they got the lodge. This wasn't their first time committing crimes. Apparently, the two of them used to run a saloon in Ohio. And Polly would, quote-unquote, isolate men for sex before her father would rob them. And they got really lucky. Their, one of their first victims was this man, allegedly named Lewis Nichols, who apparently had $4,000 on him. Wow. Like, men's must have been, like, wealthy, wealthy. <laughs> like, with inflation, that's a lot of money to just, like, have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they took that money and they went to Wyoming because they were like that's the height of the the gold rush people are coming that way might need some resting areas and that's when they got on with the rest of their murder scams um yeah and so they stayed there for a few months it wasn't exactly a whole year i don't think of them actually actively robbing people um but their good luck came to an end when they ended up killing Theodore Fontaine in August of 1868. And he was the son of Bernard Fontaine, who was a incredibly an incredibly wealthy mine owner. And because he was an incredibly wealthy mine owner, he was like, what happened to my child? I don't believe that it was just outlaws, which is a very reasonable thing to say as yeah. a parent um and so he had the money to hire investigators to figure out what happened to his son after he went to this lodge and when polly bartlett and her father kind of realized that they were being investigated they and that they were close to being found out um they basically fled the area which is incredibly suspicious yeah um yeah <laughs> so the, that kind of led the authorities to search their property and that is when they unearthed the remains of all the men that they killed over the past year and again that was kind of a mistake on their part like don't leave the bodies on your property 
Um, and just for that, I think they deserve to be caught. Like, um, so the police put out a bounty for them and, you know, kind of like broke the news about who they were, why they were um, being searched for. And that is when Ed Ford, whose brother, Sam Ford, was one of their victims, ended up deciding that he was going after them and he would capture them. Basically what happened is that Ed stayed at the lodge, but he wasn't the type of guy to drink alcohol. He didn't really vibe with it, so he didn't drink the whiskey that Polly offered him, and he left completely fine. But his brother wasn't like that. His brother stayed at the lodge a few months later and went missing, and that made Ed really suspicious, which it turns out he was right to be. On October 7th, 1968, Ed found the two of them. He ended up shooting Jim, um, who died, and then he turned Polly over for trial and execution. And that evening, Polly was shot dead through the window of her jail cell by a man called Otto Kalkhorst, who was a German-born man who was assigned to, like, one of, um, the Fontaine's mines, um... And that was basically the end of it. Um, today, South Pass City is basically a ghost town. Like, nothing really happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the lodge is basically kind of like one of those like folktale, mysterious locations mm-hmm. that no one really goes to. Um, I feel like it's, you know, in, in the, the movies, it's like the haunted house down the street yeah. kind of a thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and yeah, so that is the story that I have for you today. Um, like I said, I linked the original article in the description of the podcast, and it's called Polly Bartlett, Wyoming's Amazing Poisoner. (laughs) And then the tagline is, she had a sensual beauty and the spell of a she-devil, and she poisoned her victims with a laugh and a mad kiss. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And if that doesn't entice you to read this article, I don't know what will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is that is all of the the history that I have for you. Well, thank you. You're so very welcome. Any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts? <laughs> I don't think so. That's fair enough. Yeah. Never. I also didn't have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah, fun story. <laughs> um. But yeah, this is also one where I was reading it and I was like, you know, things happen in the 1800s. Yeah. I feel like it was so long ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, If we don't want to discuss Polly Bartlett and her sensual beauty anymore, (laughs) um, do you want to change the subject for us? Um, Let's see. I feel like I have been leading a boring life. <laughs> I feel you. Um, yeah, I really didn't do much this past week. Just been trying to get my work done so that I can just really valid. Just be done, you know? Yeah, um, I feel you. But yeah, I mean, I think that's it. It's been, the weather's been nice, which is fun to make it feel, you know, like it's almost summer. No. <laughs> So that's my life update. At least the sun is out. <laughs> yes, the sun is out. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I am in basically the same boat. Mm-hmm. I 
decided like a few days ago that I need to actually start working on my dissertation. <laughs> so I've been going to Starbucks for a few hours a day. I've recently gotten into the like um, brown sugar iced shaken espresso with oat milk. Oh, and good. I can I can never order it properly. I kind of go up to the counter and I'm like, can I please have the brown sugar iced oat shaken? And then the person at the counter will fill in the rest of the details for me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I would recommend. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's basically, I think, it for me. Just, you know, Starbucks. Yeah, I like it. Thank you. Do you have anything else you want to add? I do not. All right. Do you want to spiel us out? Yeah. Um, so you can find us on Instagram at Grim Podcast. You can follow us, DM us, like our photos. And from our profile, there's a button to email us. You can email us at thegrimpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us thoughts on stories we have covered, stories you want us to cover, or life updates of your own. We also have a Twitter, which is Podcast Grim, or a Facebook, which is Grim Podcast. And other than that, just leave us a good review and tell your friends and family about us. Yeah, and um, we will see you guys next week for some paranormal. Yeah. Stay safe out there. Yeah. Bye. Bye.